0: Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. Highways Voices time again, and this
1: week we talk local government and transport. It
2: can be quite... uh a challenge thinking about the type of uh, specification which needs to be written, the whole procurement and contracting process that you need to go through, and then of course there's the relationship with your contractor and supplier, post-contract.
1: We have the new Director, Government and Strategy at Elkrig as our guest this week. The Order, Order of the Day is a fascinating conversation on Highways
0: Voices. Highways Voices, in association with partner organisations Elkrig, Adept, the Transport Technology Forum and ITS UK. Paula
1: Clayton-Smith of Elkrig to come on Highways Voices this week in a great chat with Adrian and talking of my co-owner of Highways News, here is Adrian. Tatum with his take on this week's news. And news from the highwaysnews.com website and newsletter this week. In
3: anticipation of the release of the road safety framework from the Department for Transport, Agilisys is launching a new national survey to understand the existing capacity we have for implementing a safe system in Britain. The survey is asking how well equipped are local authorities, emergency services and partners to influence all aspects of the system, or are we facing gaps in knowledge, skills and resources? Supported by the nation's leading road safety organisation, including PACS, CIHT, ADEPT and IHE, the survey will take a snapshot of the current state of capacity for safe system implementation across the country, creating a vital baseline so the gaps can be identified and comparisons can be made over time. Elsewhere, Labour MP has called for the UK to follow Spain in providing free public transport to help ease the cost of living burden. Left Foot Forward reports that Richard Bergen, Labour MP, said that Spain's president yesterday announced that train journeys will be free on short and medium journeys to help with the cost of living crisis. He's also introduced a tax on banks because they're profiteering from high interest rates. Let's fight for that here too, said the MP. In a bid to help people with sparring living costs, the Spanish government has announced train travel on state-owned rail networks will be free of charge from September the 1st until the end of the year. And elsewhere, the M40 has been rated the motorway with the best journey experience in England, in a survey of drivers by the independent Watt Dog Transport Focus. In the latest strategic road user survey, the motorway between London and Birmingham has the highest overall satisfaction at 79%, with motors particularly praising the road surface. The M40 has been sprayed incrementally since 2008 with leading asphalt preservation solution Reinerfeldt. This helps protect and preserve it, keeping the road service in better
1: condition for longer. And don't forget that when it comes to highways and transport technology news, we're the only place you need to go for everything you need to know. Highways News is on LinkedIn and Twitter and direct into your inbox if you sign up to our daily newsletter at
0: highways-news.com. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian.
3: Swaco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally sound. From software as a service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day.
1: Craig, the local council roads innovation group, is growing in influence across the transport sector, making the case for local roads. And the organisation has a big hitting new recruit in Paula Clayton-Smith, who has joined to become Director of Government and Strategy. Adrian sat down and chatted and started by talking about her background.
2: The majority of my my career has been in the the public sector space and the policy space both at a local authority level and a, a national level and actually um, what some people may not know is also um, i stood for local election in london so i really have had a foot in a whole range of different sort of camps really and the opportunity arose at uh, Elk Creek to work more with uh, councils and supply chain that were implementing innovation. And if there's anything you know about me, Adrian, it's my passion for local government, innovation, and just sort of changing the way things are done, really. And what do you think
3: you've learned the most from those previous roles that you can bring to Elk Creek now?
2: I think... They vary everything from, there's nothing quite like being a local government officer that is at a uh, public meeting that is trying to balance the one part of the community's request versus another community's requests and actually how much you need to balance uh, budgets and how much you need to spread uh, resources in the most effective way, which, of course, for the highway sector is something that uh, asset management um, is is a key key thing, really.
3: So tell us what's in your intray at Elk so far and what your list of priorities will be over the next year or so.
2: So the sorts of things that are in my intray at the moment are everything from how I can be working with the... Uh, TTF, the Transport Technology Forum, looking at how authorities implement innovation, no matter where they are on their journey, because quite often people will talk about innovation in a real sort of, um, in a platitude way, you know, everyone's doing innovation, and yes, they are but there's a difference between some authorities who've been on innovation journey for some time. So they're able to adopt um, new ways of working or introduce new technologies quicker than others. And there are others who have perhaps uh, relied on more traditional ways of doing things because they have always worked for that authority, but are now faced with a period of time where they're thinking about what is the sort of technology I need to be adopting over the years ahead, particularly with uh, the way that ITS is changing, particularly with the way that Uh, self-driving, particularly with the way with data that is becoming so much of a more um, ubiquitous service that local authorities will be requiring to adopt. So there's quite a bit of work that I'll be doing with the TTF and uh, Darren Cates to look at the policy side of what we need to do to support local authorities, even in the area around um, self-driving vehicles operating on local roads. So there's a lot from that perspective And then from an Elkrig perspective, it's not too dissimilar. It's it's a real luxury to be working with an organization that uh, we get vast amounts of feedback, information, um, insights from local authorities, and are gonna be helping um, think more strategically about how Elkrig can help councils in a number of different ways because everyone is on a sort of a a spectrum on how they absorb information. Events are great for some people. Uh, Reading is um, and seeing case studies is is great for other people. So it's quite quite a mixed bag. But at the heart of it all is looking at the the sort of the pillars that are Elkric, which are net zero, collaboration and innovation. So all of those things will be... Be running through my work over the next
3: few years one of the barriers um, to innovation in some respects is procurement yes. um, so local authorities often end up procuring something slightly different than they wanted in the first place that might have been a second rate product or service in some cases just purely because of procurement rules it, it, have you got any thoughts on um how how your work might be able to help with that
2: Uh, Yes and and interestingly enough Adrian I have you know I've been on the local authority side of things where I've had to procure a range of different services everything from uh, grounds maintenance through to procurement of uh, equipment in the local authority setting and you're not wrong it can be quite a A challenge thinking about the type of uh, specification which needs to be written, the whole procurement and contracting process that you need to go through. And then, of course, there's the relationship with your contractor and supplier post contract. Now, the great thing about what we're doing at Elk Creek is we're looking at working on a dynamic purchasing system, which should help local authorities be able to procure things like innovation much, much more easily and more quickly, because again, there's something quite different between a, a long-term um, contract, whether that be facilities, roads, um, you know, grounds estates and everything else through to how do you procure things when they're the technological um space that we're all operating in is moving so fast
3: and of course one of the things that Elkrig is known for is really its phrase which is making the case for local roads that's personally a phrase that both delights me and worries me in the same <laughs> breath <laughs> uh, almost because uh, we need to keep local roads at the forefront of the industry and continue to build the case for a longer settlement period. But making the case for local ro- roads suggests that, that that's something new <laughs> that, that we're suggesting here, when, of course, it's not. Shouldn't we have moved on from that as an industry?
2: Adrian, you and I have spoken about, um, you know, things like making the case for local roads for a number of years. So the fact that Elk Creek sees that as the heart of what it does is is close to my heart. But also taking your point that uh, shouldn't shouldn't things have moved on, well the reality is is that local roads are always going to be at the heart of how our communities operate and become either more successful, become more economically viable, uh, how they become more connected on a more societal level. So making the case for local roads is as much about the communities that receive their day-to-day services how they get to the office, how they get uh, young people to colleges, schools, and everything that a, a network entails. And if you think about it, um, people talk about a universal service, but in some respects, a road is a universal service. And that road is evolving all the time. If you look at policies like active travel, if you look at the new policies that are coming in and around, Uh, or sort of uh, technology that's coming in and around sensors and everything else, that road structure is is changing all the time. And I don't just mean from a physical perspective, but I mean something that really is at the heart of of how you get things about, whatever they are, whether they are people, goods, services, uh, biodiversity, everything really.
3: Do you think it's a case um of continuing the education of government in terms of how important local roads are i mean last year we saw a three-year settlement which is definitely progress but it's it's uh it was less money than i think in the previous three years what do you think about this and a second part of the question i guess is could a change in party the next election make a difference or would that mean effectively starting again to present the case for local roads
2: um, I think this it's it's. I like how you're um, probing with some potentially controversial questions, but actually, I would bounce them back by saying, um, I don't think it's about educating government. I think it's as much about all of us looking at how best we can deliver. Uh, maintain, um, grow our infrastructure. And I don't mean by sort of more road building, I mean by more accessibility of that infrastructure. I think in terms of um, a change in government politics, the way things are doing, roads have transcended governments. They always have done. The challenge of financing roads um, is, is universal across the world. Only a month or so ago, I was talking to some Paraguayan uh, road authorities and we were looking at and I was talking about how roads are financed in a rural context. So roads are always going to be the thing that uh, whatever government there is, is perhaps not going to get as much money as it as it as it probably should. But then that doesn't mean to say that roads can't evolve over time, the way things uh, operate around roads um, change over time, as does technology, new innovations. You know, only a couple of weeks ago, we had the Innovation Festival and you literally had everything there from um, two or three million pound machines through to uh, simple but uh, handy things like the the eye tip rotating handles on wheelbarrows, which sounds like a very small thing, but from a local authority that's got uh, frontline staff that are using those sorts of things all the time, you can really see how micro-innovation and macro-innovation are, are not the preserve of any government really, but really are what the industry is growing more passionate about adopting or looking at. And even, you know, it's great to see local authorities pushing suppliers to be more innovative about what they do and vice versa. So taking the politics out of it, um, I think there is always going to be not enough sort of money for for many things. You could say that about uh, libraries, parks, uh, social care. It's, it's a challenge for all services delivered by local government. And, you know, if I can get passionate about local government, I would say local government doesn't always get the, the praise that it deserves for being able to manage some things with with limited resources for, that it, it sometimes has, and that isn't always about money, that's often about people as well.
1: More from Paula Clayton-Smith in a moment after I bring you this week's
0: partner news. Highways Voices, with the latest news and events from our partner organisations, ITS UK, Elkric, Adept... On the Transport Technology Forum,
1: ITS UK is beginning the recruitment of a new leader as Secretary General Jenny Martin retires after nearly quarter of a century with the society. Chair Ryan Hood of Arab is leading the search for a new Chief Executive Officer who will take over at the end of the year when Mrs. Martin steps down. The job specification includes requirements for great leadership, membership liaison, and communication, as well as to work out with members a long-term vision for the organisation and then execute that plan. While knowledge of the transport sector and intelligent transport systems is desirable, it's not essential. The Transport Technology Forum is looking to carry out live connected vehicle demonstrations next year to underline to local authorities how using vehicle-to-infrastructure technology can deliver much more efficient transport networks. The TTF is planning to take advantage of the Elkrig Innovation Festival's private road network at the Newark Showgrounds to showcase solutions such as GLOSA, which is Greenlight Optimum Speed Advisory, in-vehicle signing and data capture. And following on from the success of the inaugural, innovation festival the qualifying innovator scoring review is now underway following a fantastic response from local authority delegates that attended the event the event was the first of its kind in the highway sector bringing together local authorities central government the supply chain associations and academia finally the government is being warned it's missing an opportunity to embed climate and nature recovery into its leveling up agenda leaving a serious hole in its flagship leveling up and regeneration Bill currently passing through Parliament. According to the Blueprint Coalition, an influential coalition of local government organisations, environmental groups and research institutions, the emission seriously compromises the health, well-being, pride of place, education, housing, transport and skills missions outlined in the Leveling Up white paper. The latest report from the coalition, the Blueprint Coalition Position on Leveling Up, provides an analysis of where and how the Leveling Up agenda must align efforts to tackle the climate and nature emergencies with the need to reduce... Reduce inequality through infrastructure, homes, transport, green spaces and new skills.
0: Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. highwaysnews.com.
1: Now back to Adrian and his chat with Paula Clayton-Smith of Elkrig.
3: Do you think there'll be more emphasis on, on the future, not necessarily um, geared towards building new roads, but protecting and preserving what we've got?
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think you could, again, if I talk about the sort of things that coming out from uh, projects like uh, Project Amber, which is something that Blackpool originated a number of years ago, you are starting to see local authorities thinking about how that network is preserved into the next generations, and not just into the next generations, but into generations where we're thinking about um, net zero, we're thinking about how we change the way we do things, but also equally, um, how we make sure that, that roads can can adapt to the changing societal impact that that is going on with less drivers, um, more um, public forms of transport. That I believe will emerge in different in many different ways over the next uh, five to ten years.
3: Do you think it's sensible to suggest that roads at some point in the future might be able to pay for themselves? So. I don't necessarily th- mean mean really political things like road pricing, but I mean charging a levy on uh, charging points, on um, you know in- innovative wind turbines by the side of the road, all those sorts of innovations that we're we're starting to to think and talk about now. Um, could 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 we ever see that in the future?
2: You know, I don't want to be sort of uh, trite in my response, Adrian, but I think anything in the future could be could be a, a sort of a change um, really that we're not not even necessarily thinking about I mean who would have predicted you know five ten years ago that not only would you have your tv license, but you might have a number of different uh, subscriptions for uh, tv sort of services you know in the in the dim and distant past people would have said well i pay my tv license that's it and not think about anything else but as technology changes and as it will with um roads and the sorts of vehicles regardless of whether they're um diesel or petrol or all those types of vehicles through to um more um, cycles, um, other types of users, walking, etc. I think there is going to be a change. I'd love to predict what that's going to be, but I think that in reality, we often aren't very good at predicting what's, what's going to happen, but it is technology that always drives it.
3: I guess a big part of, of all of what we've been discussing is about effective communication as well. So when we think about making the case for local roads, those organisations that are involved with local roads, whether they manage local roads or whether they provide a service or product onto a local road, ought to be talking more about what they're doing and and why they're doing it. Would you agree with that?
2: Oh, 100%, Adrian. council's collaborating and talking about what they're doing, how they started their their, uh, good practice journey, um, how they share not just the things that went well, but the things that perhaps in hindsight they would have done differently, I think is something that we always aspire to. And it's it's something that the, you know, human beings have done from a long time. Um, you know, if we look at um, right back into um how evolution of innovation has happened, you can see that it's often about people copying things. It's about learning and taking the nub of what one organisation has done or what one authority has done, adopted that, adapted it, bringing it into your own authority. So I think there is a, a drive towards that that change in innovation. And it is a lot, you know, once upon a time, even when I started in the sector uh, seven years or seven or eight years ago, innovation was seen as something that maybe only a few authorities did. Now everyone is doing innovation in some way, shape or form. And I think that is something that's celebrated. We've just got to talk about a bit more about the successes and the, the bits that perhaps haven't gone quite so well. But of course, that that is always a challenge. Um, at the TTF conference in May, Chris Boardman and myself. And we were talking on the, the stage about the challenges, again, that local authorities will have. Because if you implement some form of innovation that isn't so successful, And if you haven't collaborated with your your community or other authorities who've been in the same position as you, you really are fighting an uphill sort of battle, really. So collaboration and learning from others is is key. Even if you listen to somebody and you only take a small kernel of what they say, but that kernel could be the, the trajectory that helps you move all sorts of innovation in your local authority.
3: Is it possible that we might see local authorities being run more like businesses? In, in the future to try and help with what what, what you've just described so sometimes the culture and, and the legacy of the past uh, albeit great is, is is a barrier in in, in many respects do you, do you think do you think that might be the case
2: it's a really interesting point because I think some um services, are trying to think much more business-like whilst retaining what is best about local government, which is thinking about communities that are um, either deprived or um, new sort of challenges that they're being faced with. So I think it's, it is, it's an interesting um, thing that councils will be adapting to, whether they will become fully business-like I think can only be a good thing if they adopt what is what is holistic about business, not um, not some of the challenges that some businesses are faced, because business obviously has a has an operating um, environment that it exists in, as does local government, but local governments. you know, um, responsibilities are so, so broad when you look at all the types of communities that they serve.
3: And finally, just bringing it back to the uh, Innovation Festival, it, everything points towards it being success in its in its first year. So what, what do you want to do to build on that?
2: I think it has, success is an understatement and some people might say I'm biased, but it for me, it was, and so many people, to have... A location where you know over 60 different authorities got together you know 450 delegates from private and public sector that stood um, sat met ate together and talked about innovation that looked at innovation all the different live demonstrations that that happened which you know, often happen on an individual basis, but it was fantastic to see authorities talking about what they had seen from the different organisations that were there. So, you know, to hear people talking, you know, I, I know I keep talking about the, the ITIP rotating handles, but it was a small innovation that got people talking as much as the m- bigger machines from, you know, JCB, Multivo, um, WJ, etc. It, the Innovation Festival next year should hope to build on more of that. And actually we are we hope to be bringing in more of the, the, the technology side of things so that we can really make it as much about uh, machinery innovation, but also data, technology, and all those host of things. So definitely bigger and better next year. And uh, just, you know, I, I, like a number of my Elk Creek colleagues, you know, walk, walked around, okay, I, I don't mind admitting I got pretty emotional seeing lots of people really talking to each other about, is that what you did in your authority? Oh, and we did this in our authority and really learning from each other. That was... It was just great to see Adrian, it
1: really was. Great to hear someone so knowledgeable spending her time making the case for local roads and helping local authorities get the most out of their relationship with central government. And I'm sure we'll hear more from Paula again soon here on Highways Voices.
0: Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum.
1: Before we go, we still have time for
0: Adrian's Accolade.
3: And my accolade this week goes to the team at construction and civil engineering specialist firm Graham. They have been named in the UK's top 100 most inclusive workplaces for 2022, demonstrating their commitment to being an inclusive employer. The FREDDIE, which stands for Fairness, Respect, Equality, Diversity, Inclusion and Engagement Awards, have celebrated individual and organisations that go above and beyond their commitment to fairness, respect and equality. And this year was the first time Graham entered the awards and they have been placed 41st in the top 100. This is a significant achievement for for an organisation operating in, in an industry traditionally renowned for its lack of workforce diversity. So
1: worthy winners indeed of my accolade this week. Good winner this week, Adrian. Thank you. And that's it for this week's podcast. Before our August break, we have one more to bring you next week, where we look forward to a busy autumn of events, not just here, but overseas
0: too. So join Adrian and me next week for that. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com.
3: Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com.
0: Adrian's Accolade. Swarco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally
3: sound. From software as a service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too. Find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day.